Good afternoon. Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We look forward to having you on the show. Thanks for joining us. This afternoon's episode is titled, Good is the Word of the Lord. It shall be focused on the study of Isaiah chapter 39. Before we go any further, we'll begin with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee, Lord, to know that prayer is the most vital force that God has ever put into the hand of mankind. We know, Father, that when You, Lord, taught us to pray, You taught us, Lord, to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses. And forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. We pray, Father, may your will be done in our lives as it is in heaven. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Isaiah chapter 39. Chapter 39. At that time, Merodach Baladan, the son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent letters and a present to Hezekiah, for he had heard that he had been sick and was recovered. And Hezekiah was glad of them, and showed them the house of his precious things, the silver and the gold and the spices and the precious ointment, and all the house of his armor, and all that was found in his treasures. There was nothing in his house, nor in all his dominion, that Hezekiah showed them not. Then came Isaiah the prophet unto king Hezekiah, and said unto him, What said these men, and from whence came they unto thee? And Hezekiah said, They are come from a far country unto me, even from Babylon. Then said he, What have they seen in thine house? And Hezekiah answered, All that is in mine house have they seen. There is nothing among my treasures that I have not showed them. Then said Isaiah to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord of hosts. Behold, the days come, that all that is in thine house, and that which thy fathers have laid up in store until this day, shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, saith the Lord. And of thy sons that shall issue from thee, which thou shalt beget, shall they take away, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then said Hezekiah to Isaiah, Good is the word of the Lord which thou hast spoken. He said, Moreover, For there shall be peace and truth in my days. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled, Thou Knowest All Things. This was preached in 1952 on July the 16th. We'll begin at paragraph 14 up to paragraph 43. I trust you find it to be a blessing. And after all, this, if, the, if prayer is the most vital force that God ever put into the hand of mankind, the most effective force that's known to man is prayer. you believe that? It is. It's prayer. It changes things. Look at Hezekiah laying there, and the prophet went up and said, All right, Hezekiah, you're not coming off the bed. God's done said you was going to die right there where you're at. 
and here's the price to set it over. If he just had 15 years longer, now remember, you've got to give God a call to reason. I just say just because I can get out there and ride around a chariot and show the people I'm a king. No, he wanted to rebuild the altars of God, and a few things had to be done to get the kingdom in order right. And he prayed that God would give him 15 years longer, and he wept bitterly, he just wept to God. He said, God, I beseech you considerably. I've walked before you with a perfect heart. How many of us could say that tonight, we walk before him with a perfect heart? I've walked before thee, Lord, with a perfect heart, and I ask that you consider me, and I want, and God Almighty, Jehovah, reconsidered that man's case because he prayed. Think of that. Almighty God that had pronounced death upon the man reconsidered his case. <laughs> That's too much for me. Great Jehovah to a marvelous one of the earth would reconsider his word that he had said to him. Now, God has ways of doing things. Look like he just spoke right back and told him, well, I, I considered your case again. I'm going to let you stay for that if you don't do that. But he didn't. He spoke to the prophet and sent the prophet all the way back up there again to tell him. But all right, God heard your prayer. See, God revealed to the prophet what was going to happen. He come back to you. Your days are considered. And you're going to come off the bed now in three days. He got some poluses and so forth and put on him. And Hezekiah come off the bed and was made well. Now see what prayer does? Prayer is uh, not exactly bringing God down to man. It's bringing man up to God. See? As you pray, you lose, you lose sight of these earthly things. You sway out into somewhere else, way beyond and on and on and on, so you become into his presence. And then a, a faith that you have laid it out before God and said, I hear God, here it is. And I, I want to get well for this cause, or I want you to do this for me for this cause. I want you to heal me from, from, um, from uh, uh, this cancer or this TB or, or this anemia condition or whatever it is. I'll walk before you. I'll, I'll do everything I can. I'll give this testimony everywhere I go. I'll be happy to do that, Lord. And I'll use my life not for myself. Or I'll use it for your glory to help others to see you. Now, then you lay that before God and say, God, will you consider my case? I believe just as Hezekiah was. Oh, God, yet today, don't you believe so? Every night he confirms it right here in the building. I believe he'll do it again tonight, don't you? He'll come right down here among us tonight and confirm the same thing. There's many women. I don't know no one here. I did recognize a few minutes ago someone I was going to call the attention to. Friends from Jeffersonville or down around my hometown was sitting right back in here somewhere. I met, seen him a while. Here, that's right. God bless you. I spoke to my church. I just get up today. This your first day? Saturday. I miss you all the time. All right. Well, we're glad to have them up here, uh, folks from my church. All right. Now, the rest of you, as far as I know, are strangers, except Brother Bosworth and, and Sister Upshaw sitting here. It's just about all that I would believe I would know in the building tonight, uh, sitting around like that outside of these ministers here, and that's about the limit. Now, but there may be many of you in here that's dying with diseases. And if you're dying with a disease, why not now while I'm speaking, why not now while you're in this place here that's dedicated this few days to the glory of God, why not go to praying and say, now God, I ask you to consider my case tonight. Okay? Consider me, for I am 
desperately in need, and I'm going to walk before you, I'm going to testify, I'm going to do everything that I can do to glorify you, and now I believe tonight that you're going to make me well. And if you'll do that with all your heart, God will consider your case and speak back and tell you about it. And if I be God's servant, you'll speak it through me and tell me. Now that is, I look many times through the night. I just for a week, I can't even tell where to go. There's so many. You must understand, friends. I want you to consider the scripture. And someone said, Brother Branham, you're a weakling. No, I'm not. I'm a long ways from being a weakling. Look, I might be little, but in Mayo's clinic, they passed me as a perfect examination. Said, you're 38 years old, and need to tell me? Said, I said, 38 years old, said, as far as physical concerns, said, you've got uh, your perfect condition with all your tests and blood and heart, you got enough heart to beat you 100 years, see? Now, that was their thing. God depends on how long he wants it to be. <laughs> That's just for him. But here's what I'm trying to say. One day. Before the Lord will take more out of the human body than eight hours with a pick and shovel. That's right. Daniel saw one vision and walked in his trouble at his head for many days. Is that right? Or even though when he saw a vision, he even fell down on the ground like he was dead. And the angel come picked him up. Look at John when he saw the vision. Out on the Isle of Patton and so forth. See what I mean? He fell before the angel's feet, and probably that was a routine of days, many days, all the time he was out there, he saw the vision. But we must remember, look at the days of, of Elijah. Jesus said there was many lepers in that day, but only one of many of them might have come to Elijah and said, Elijah, will you pray for me? Sure, I'll pray for you. But one of them God sent, is that right? And you notice that was a Gentile, Naaman. Captain of the host of Syria. He went to Elijah, and Jesus said, There's many, many of them in them days, but he only saw the vision for one. Only one of them were healed. There's many widows in the days of the famine, but only one, a Gentile, that Elijah saw the vision to go down and should be breaking the sticks and so forth and come out and he was to heal or to stay with and pour the oil out of the vessels and so forth. See? God worked. The great prophet Elijah only done, I believe, eight miracles in his days. And Elijah was a double potion, or was it four miracles? I believe four miracles Elijah done. And Elijah done eight miracles in his entire lifetime. Now you're talking about these things that I do and greater or you do. Just look what's happened here day after day. Look in the Master's. Our Lord, when he was here on earth in a body of flesh, the Son of God, well, we only have not more than a half a dozen or a dozen times at the most that he ever spoke out as recorded. We don't know what he's already done, but recorded here of things that he saw and done. See what he did in his ministry of three and a half years. But maybe God did more. And notice what's in here. Here he is today with his church doing greater things than he did then. Same Jesus, same miracle, same thing, working in the same way. I was speaking to a minister friend of mine, which is here, I don't see him here in a minister line tonight, a minister from Louisville, Kentucky. And I was speaking with him, and he was been here at the meeting, he was talking about how the thing's taking place. I said, now, Brother Beeler, if you were coming to this 
If I, someone told me to go out and find Mr. Beeler, what would he look like? The first thing I have to have is description. He combs his hair back straight. And what size man he is. How he looks. And how he talks. He's a very white sort of a person. Or maybe I go out and I find a man with his hair combed back. He looks something like this Mr. Beeler. But when I speak to him, say, how did you say? Hello there. That's not Mr. Beeler, see? Yet it's got a whole lot like him, but it's not Mr. Dealer yet. I've got to find the man that suits that description just exactly, and I'll say, there he is. See? There he is. Now, if we can see what Jesus was in the New Testament, then we'll see what Jesus is working among us in the last days. Is that right? And not altogether Jesus working in me. He works in you just the same as he works in me. Anybody that's born again, I may be able to see visions, and you may not, but that doesn't mean that he's not with you, he's with you just the same, he was just the same with Hezekiah as he was with Isaiah. Hezekiah was the one who got the blessing. Isaiah just took the word. Amen. You see it? Hezekiah was the one who got the blessing, not Isaiah. It wasn't Isaiah's prayers that was heard, it was Hezekiah's prayers that was heard. Isaiah was just the medium. That took him the word in human lips, what God had said. Well, that's the same thing that was God. Won't you believe that was Christ? The anointed, the Lord God? Well, sure, it's the same thing tonight. Now, when he came, he said, I just do what the Father shows me to do. That's what I do. And what he shows me, I don't do nothing. I can't do nothing until he tells me. When he passed by the pool and seen all the people and he healed a man and the Jews questioned him, why, he said, I do nothing but what the Father shows me. I can't do nothing, but he, whatever he does, he shows me, and then I go do that. That's true, St. John 5, 19. And we're noticing he was a kind man, a humble man, and yet he was a man of power. When he spoke, he was very humble and gentle. But when it comes time between, to separate between truth and error, Jesus was very firm. Picked up some ropes and tied them together and kicked over the money charger's table and beat him out of the temple. All the Pharisees, those religious people, said, Well, you bunch of hypocrites, you serpents, snakes in the grass, and all these things. See, he was a man who could speak when he came time to speak. He was a man who was full of love. But he loved his father so much that he stayed in harmony with his father, and anything that interfered with that harmony, then Jesus draw the line. Well, that'll be the same man today. He should. He'll let you do things and so forth like that, but when you go to sinning and get uh, going like that, then probably the line will be drawn. Something will come down there to stop him and say, okay, here just a minute. Is that right? Sure, he does. He chastens his children. Chastens them. I believe he does. And the Bible said that they are brought upon us to try our faith. Is that right? Now, if you're sick tonight and something might have happened along the road, you sinned or something or other, ask God to forgive you. Maybe you've been a little dilatory and you say, well, I never went out and got drunk. You don't have to get drunk to sin, just disbelieve. That's sin, unbelief. I go out and I say, it's nighttime. I can't say just this much is nighttime or just that much is nighttime. It's all nighttime. Now, we know drinking and carrying on is sin, but the whole thing is because of unbelief, because if you believe God and Jesus Christ to be his son, you are absolutely not going to do those things. Do you believe that? For he is born of God does not commit sin. All right. You must believe the whole thing lays in faith. Jesus said, He that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me has everlasting life. Shall not come into condemnation, but shall already pass from death into life. Do you believe that's the truth? 
that lazy is and nothing else that you can do, only believe. And as you believe, all them little uh, immoral things will just drop off like that. As you believe, you become love, and love is God, and you begin to wind yourself into Christ and these other things, you don't have to quit doing them, they just quit themselves. There's just no desire to do it. The worshiper, when he's purged, has no more conscience or desire sense. He resigns. The worshiper wants purged. See what I mean? When the worshiper is purged is when he's born again. When his old nature dies, when new nature sets in, then he becomes a part of God, a son of God. He gets a new life, and the life is, the Greek word there is zoe, which means the life of God. And you become an offspring of God. And God can't hurt you without hurting himself. See what I mean? And if you talk about one another and be a little some other Christian or something like that, remember you're hurting God. Or you can talk about me as much as you want to, but leave my children alone. Is that right? I'd rather you just take me out and whip me and beat me and anything, but don't hurt my boy down here. No, no, he's part of me. Well, that's the way God feels about us, you see. And the only way God can is get his children to love him and believe in him. And that's, the, that's the avenue. Just have faith in and believe in and God will bring it to pass. Oh, my, it's a simple it? Just like one, two, three. Let's read some of the scripture now and go straight to praying for the sake. I want to read a portion out of Acts 2 tonight. And then a, a portion also I was reading this afternoon out of St. John 16, 30, again, and Acts 2, 22. Jesus had just been crucified. Now listen to the testimony of this apostle who, after Christ had been on the outside, had cursed and denied him. But when Christ came on the inside, right in the midst of knowing it might be his death at any minute, listen at him speak now to the religious world of that day. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did by him, in the midst of you, as you also yourself know. Oh, I read that wrong, excuse me. God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourself also know. He in being delivered by the term to counsel, the foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Now watch. Jesus, Peter, was reckoned Telling the crowd to believe that that was the Son of God because God was with him working signs and wonders. Now listen close. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by signs and wonders, or by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did with See, Jesus was approved. He had God's approval. No matter what the Pharisees said, they said he's a mind reader, a devil, the world, the ecclesiastical world. But Peter said, how can you deny it? God was with him, and we know he was. Look at the great Jewish teacher when he came that night, Nicodemus. He said, we know that, that we, the Pharisees, we know that you're a teacher come from God, for no man could do these miracles that you do knowing these people's hearts and their lives and what will be and so forth and healing the sick and so forth. You say you only do it as he shows you, then God shows you what to do and you go do it. We know that no man can do these things except God be with him. How could he use you send your, tell a man who's two mules tied down there at the end of a way where you've never been before? 
How are you going to meet a man with a picture on his shoulder? How can you know those things without God telling you? How did you stand there at the well and tell that Samaritan woman that you have five husbands and never was in Samaria before in your life? How could you do that without God being with you? How when that Israelite, one of our renowned men out here, come walking to you, which have been out there out of the trees, praying, and we questioned him to find out if it was true, perhaps. And he walked up to him and you said, Behold an Israelite in whom there's no God. We know he was a renowned man. And uh, our brother said, When did you know me, Rabbi, or Rebbe, teacher, or whatever you want to call it? When did you know me? He said, For what cause when he was out of the tree, I saw Why? He said, For thou art the son of God, the king of Israel. So no man, we all know that no man can do that except God be with him. Here Peter said, Now God approved Jesus among you by the signs and wonders. He raised the dead. He healed the sick. He foretold things. He said this would be. He knew the secrets of your heart. He perceived your thoughts. And we know that God was with him. And you know the thing. And you took the prince of life and slew him and desired a murder in his sin. Who God raised up as a witness that he was the righteous son of God. That's when 3,000 were pricked in their hearts. Said, man and brethren, what can we do to be saved? Now, I have another scripture here I wish to read. Jesus speaking here, St. John 17 or 16:30. The disciples suggest again to tell them, Jesus is a hard man to understand. The disciples said, tell us plainly. Even no one seemed to understand him. He talked like he twisted in parables and everything. That's the way the Word of God is written, too. That the wise and prudent will not understand it, but he'll reveal it to those such as will learn. It ain't for the, don't you think that you can go get a bachelor's degree or something there and come out and teach the Word of God? That don't have nothing to do with it. I know people's got BDs and BDs and everything else and know no more about God than a rabbit that know how to put on snowshoes. Now, I ain't saying that for a joke, either. But that's right. Well, you know no more about God than a hot and pot knows about Egyptian nights. But they don't know God. The only thing they know is they say, well, we studied it out this way. This Greek word means that. Yes, the Neville translator has everything. I take it for what it says right there. I believe it. That's where it's written. That's what's in my heart. That's where I believe it. And that's where God reveals it back. And the result is produced. It's a faith. It ain't how many Greek words you know, how much scholar you are. It isn't a scholarship you got. God isn't known by genealogy. God's known by neonology. That's right. I love it. I love the witness of the Spirit when God comes down and witnesses, like it is right here now. I love this kind of a meeting. No matter how hard it is, I know that He's standing here at the platform. I have lots of boldness. I know where I'm standing. I know God's going to bless tonight. I feel it drawing here now. Peter said on the day of Pentecost, this is that. Well, brother, if this ain't that, I'm going to keep this to that tone. Now, I'm going to keep this. This is good enough for me until we get that. This is it. And here is Jesus Christ manifested again for the same sign. He's not another Jesus to do another sign or another something or some other working of psychology or something. He's the same Jesus doing the same thing that he already did. Now we are the sons of God. Not we will be, we are now. That 
what the trouble of it is. People, you begin to use people born again. Uh, people will call you holy or a fanatic or something like that because you're born again. And you let the devil kick you around like a football. Stand over your ground. You're not no longer you're in Christ. You absolutely are in order. Stay in as long as you desire to stay forever. You're asking forever. That's right. Ephesians 4.30 says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed until the day of your redemption. Amen. Let the devil kick you around. That's the trouble of the day. A many a Christian person is seven years sick. If they only knew that there were sons and daughters of God now reigning with Christ. Not you will be. Now you are the sons of God. Now you've got the full Pentecost blessing. The day of Pentecost fully come 1900 years ago. It's never fully left yet and never will. So Jesus comes. Now is the hour. Now is the time. Now is the accepted hour. This is the acceptable year of the Lord. Now is when healing falls to me. Now is when miracles take place. Now is when Christ revealing himself. Where we are now, not in the future, the devil keeps pushing us. That's the fallacism. Now is the day. This is the hour. This is the time. This is the place right now. This is the day. When Jesus Christ is saying yesterday and forever is revealing himself, making himself manifested to the people, showing signs and wonders, the same thing that happened in the Bible. Push it out, throw it out, it's infallible. Oh my. Here we are. Our disciples had been moving around and speaking words because there was a scribe writing this word, not as his mother name up, but he knew a man would fool with it and tamper with it and try to have seminary experiences and great things like that. Not as I'm doubting the seminary. All right, go ahead. But brother, God comes from I brother my boy here, he's fixing to go to Bible school, I suppose. But I'd rather that boy know God and being in a new birth and being born again if he didn't have enough education and old ABC. That's right. Uh, our education's all right, but I'll tell you this. Now put on your shockproof coat, because here it comes. Education has been the greatest hindrance that the gospel of Jesus Christ has ever had. Thank you. That's exactly right. We've got some, we've got some educated infidel dummies. That's exactly what we got. Yeah, a few days ago, there's a woman standing to me. And she was talking to me. She said, Brother Branham, she said, I was in that meeting out there and you had a little bit. She said, I just don't believe in that. I said, Surely you don't. You're even. She said, I resent that. Well, I said, You just admitted you were. I said, What is a heathen? Well, I know my English right as an unbeliever. An unbeliever is a heathen. I said, you said yourself, he said, I'm an unbeliever in that. I said, she said, but I have so many of this, I've got my education, I took so I went to this school, I went to, I said, I don't care, you're just an educated heathen. That's all. That's exactly right. And thank you. And friends, that's the worst type there is. Now look, I ain't got a slinging a few women, understand that. I'm not saying this, that's between you and God. But the woman is standing there with enough makeup on to paint a barn almost. And I've just come out of Africa down there where the hot and cops were, and that's exactly where that come from. You look at all that mud in your eyes and the paint like that, I said, you're not too far out of the tribe yet, but our tribe will paint. Yes, I said, don't tell me you're not a human. Yes, sir. Man, let me tell you.
It wasn't educated one in the bunch of Paul. He said, I had to forget all I ever knew and all they know him. That's right. Peter and John couldn't even write their names. Figure not a learned man, passing the gate called beautiful. The man laying there crippled in another room said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, that's what I want. <laughs> such as I have, I have not a bachelor's degree or I have income from school and school college. But what I have, I'll give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walked away and picked him up with their hands and stood him on his feet. The man went leaping and jumping. When it comes to Sophia, Peter, and John, they used their grammar so bad. While they said they perceived that they were ignorant and unlearned man, but had it taken notice to him, they had been with Jesus. That's what a fine hour to have. Somebody knows that Jesus is around. Oh, my. Isn't he wonderful? Here he is speaking to his disciples. His disciples couldn't understand him. Now the 29th verse. His disciples said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly, and speakest not in Proverbs. Listen to Jesus now. Listen to the disciples farther, rather. Now we are sure that thou knowest all things. And it is not that any man should ask thee, By this we believe that thou comest forth from God. Jesus said unto them, to them, Do you now believe? God knows the heart of every man and woman sitting here. Do you believe that? All right. He will only give us to us in measure, whatever it is, whatever it can be. But look to me, friends, if you see his great presence, feel his spirit. No, I don't have to feel it. You know, you don't have to just. To do, you should believe it in the first place. But when you see him come down and manifest himself, just exactly like he did in the days gone by, then you should have all together pure, unadulterated faith in him and accept him on them grounds. Is that right? That's when you should believe what ought to be done. Oh, my, he's right here now. The angel of the Lord is at the platform right at this time. Thanks be to God. If you'll be reverent. Now, last night, when I come into the meeting and stood here, I felt a resentment somewhere. I kept looking around. I found it. I see where it was coming from, two or three places. They were thinking again like the same old subject, mental telepathy. That whatever was written on the prayer card, what the patient had written on the prayer card, somebody looked at the prayer card and sent it to me, mental telepathy. Why, brothers, sisters, that has nothing at all to do with it. The patient might not have nothing wrote on his prayer card. And he might have something wrote on his prayer card. He ain't going to write his sins on there and the things that he's done. You know, the Holy Spirit reveals things to him that he done years ago. Is that right? How about them sitting out there don't have any prayer cards? And around all the millions. Let us the line and come up and have prayer cards. What about these things that happen four, twelve weeks and months and days ahead of time? What about that? All of quit being superstitious. Wake up to the living God. Come to life. As we get towards the end of this episode, we end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank thee that thou knowest all things. For thou hast created as all things created, thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are created. Thou art worthy, O Lord. So we sing, Father, and magnify thy name today, saying, Lord, may your will be accomplished in our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray.
Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you. For though at times I feel alone